Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome back to a brand new Geekscape. This is Jonathan London bringing you through a brand new exciting week of movies, video game, and comic book news and reviews. And if you're new to Geekscape, you'll know that I'm always joined every week with a co-host. This is my good friend Nar Williams. You guys have seen him on Geekscape before. If you're new to him, uh, he's the host of the Science Channel's Science of the Movies. Now this is a behind-the-scenes special effects Show talking about the technology behind some of our biggest cinematic yeah. films, TV, TV as well, and uh, we are friends because we both work on a show for Crave Online called Heads Up, where Nar is the host and I'm a bit of the correspondent. Uh, sorry for the distraction just now, but our good friend Brian Gilmore, who runs the camera, he's over here, camera left. There, the niblets. Uh, is just tinkering with the wires. You I'm making sure Nar doesn't bring the camera down with him because he was okay. That happened that. last time, I think, right? He was using. Yeah, the camera was... went down. <laughs> so, uh, Nar, how, how have you been? We saw you briefly last week when you asked everybody to uh, oh, yeah. download the episode. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Thank you for letting me have that promo spot. That's like that's like prime property on the Geekscape.net. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. That was cool. uh, and you were up there for. Over a week. Yeah, very so, cool. Thank you. Um, that's great. Um, how has Science of the Movies been? It's, how, how are the numbers? It's, I don't know. They don't fucking share Don't lie to me. They don't, don't fucking tell me that shit. You can lie to him. Don't lie to me. Hundreds um, of thousands. How could, you be, how could you be the main host of a show and they, they don't share with you performance um, data? The, the, net, the network is, you know, networks are very secretive about their numbers unless uh, they're... Don't lie to me. Unless they're like, unless they have a smash hit, then they release it on a press release. No, so obviously yeah. it's not a smash oh, hit. They're no. really secretive about the numbers. They're only on Entertainment Weekly every week. Yeah, well, if it's, yeah, if it's, you know. But but we're talking, well, there's, there's back up here. We're talking about Discovery Science Channel, okay? okay. There's, have you ever seen any numbers released from Discovery Science Channel? No. Science of the Movies. Entertainment Weekly last week, you guys got like two million, right? Yeah, I, I heard they're adapting into a film. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. I heard there's a video game. We actually do a lot of, uh, you know, IndieMogul.com? I like uh, IndieMogul, yeah. Eric Beck, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he, he's a guest sometimes on the show, and we do like little, like mini indie film sketches, which are, are a lot of fun. But anyway, it's Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Discovery Science Channel. Yeah, you Now, is that it. just in the United States? Because you know we are a global show here at Geekscape. We're downloaded pirated yeah, everywhere. It's, it's actually, it's really, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's shown uh, in different regions of the world. Uh, in fact, someone... Oh, I'm so happy. Someone just uh, commented on my really? blog uh, from... They say, I'm from Malaysia, and I, I, I just watched this episode like weeks ago. This was on weeks ago, so I don't know how, mm-hmm. how it works, but yeah. Because yeah, okay. Terminator 2 like, just came out for some of these people. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird that they, they've seen a lot of these episodes worldwide where we're just now getting them in the States. I, I don't know. I don't know. How Honestly? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and do you get a lot of... Uh, Foreign course, uh, like foreign correspondence from like your fans. 
Um, yeah, you know, yeah, actually, one of them has turned into quite the geekscapist. Do you know this guy, YouTube's, YouTube's number one, number one fan? He was, a, uh, you know, uh, one of my com regular commenters on my blog and on my YouTube channel. How long has that guy been around? Stalking, um, stalking since, you. <laughs> no, he's not stalking me. Um, since since the since May like since May or June since the the show Shows premiered on, yeah. and and then and then he came over to Geekscape recently. <laughs> which yeah, is I awesome. Mean, he started a thread and in the thread he started looked like just a cut and paste from like a press release or something. And we thought he was a bot, so we started joking about how he was a robot and stuff like that. And uh, he's not a bot. He's just a dedicated yeah, fan. He's just he's just intense. And when we, remember we went out to dinner that one night. We started talking to him because he's from Qatar. Of course, the joke came out Qatar hero. And he started talking. That's Qatar. what he plays. Now he Qatar. goes by Qatar hero. Now his his. Have you seen that? Yeah. I love the I love the 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 audience of Geekscape. Yeah. I love that the first thing that they do instead of welcoming a person who might be real, just socially <laughs> awkward, they just like blast the, their oh. first. Intention is just a ridicule. Anyone who comes on, yeah, it's great. It's what are you a, looking for? I'm looking for shit, man. We 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 so distracted. Here it is. Here it is. Can can you hand me uh, my computer, Gilmore? I I, I forgot. I, we got to do this. Remember the pacify me contest? No. Before I forget, we know we were gonna give away a copy of this book. I, I love how Gilmore sucked in his gut when he I, went, I, I, went I, Listen, I, I was, oh, Brian, you are you need to fucking hit a treadmill. <laughs> So guys, so so Brian, remember? Uh, I, I was just talking about how great our audience is, and I, and I love our fan base. And it reminded me that we haven't given away this book, my buddy Chris Mancini's Pacify Me yeah. book. But I chose somebody that I wanted to give it away to. Oh, how? Got it. Oh uh, well, you had to enter the contest. What happened? Uh, you had to type in Pacify Me with like a story about geek fatherhood. And and, uh, and here, hold this. That's our prize. And uh, let me read this email real quick. We got a handful of entries, and I forwarded you guys the best one, and I think that that best one still stands. Okay. You now, how did you did you take the ent entries on the forum, or just direct emails, no. or how did you? Uh, direct emails. Direct emails. Okay, so listen, th this guy, uh, I think he lives in Atlanta. He does live in Atlanta. Uh, his name's Nathan Crenshaw, and uh, what's funny is he added me on Facebook as a fan of the show. I thought he went to high school with me. Yeah, and I was and I, and I was thinking it was some other guy named Nathan who I went to high school with. He didn't end up being anything. Um, but this guy uh, emailed me and he he wrote, um, "I'd really like to get a, uh, my hands on a copy of that book if it's not too late. I'm the father of an 11 year old girl and my wife is pregnant with her second one now. She's actually due in three weeks. Maybe he's had the baby by now. Congrats, well, Let us know, Mr. Crenshaw. That. Oh yeah, well you know. That's the <laughs> roles that he uh, but but you remember you had to give a, a memory about being a geek yeah. father. So he wrote one of my greatest memories with my daughter is taking her to Dragon Con in Atlanta. We've gone there together every year since she was seven. The first year we went, she dressed as Darth Vader, and it was a huge hit. People stopped us the entire time, wanting to get a photo of the four-foot-tall Darth Vader. Once she took the helmet off and they realized it was a girl, they really couldn't believe it. She's still <laughs> obsessed with Darth Vader. I've included a photo of the, uh, from that day. She's taking a break uh, for a hot dog. It's a cute photo. Oh, I'm putting it up on the screen cute. right now. That's adorable. Um, yeah, if you guys, you know, we should start a new contest where people dress their kids as uh, people who go on to commit genocide across a galaxy. <laughs> Uh, if you guys have any other uh, people, he's you, the biggest Vader hater I've ever met in my you life. You know what? Vader kind of deserves it. Yeah. Like, so sorry if I'm hating on a guy who pretty much blows up planets. Yeah, but the the other morning we were having breakfast. Uh, who were we having with breakfast our friends with? from uh, the People versus George Lucas? The two filmmakers. They, they interviewed us for this documentary. And uh, and Jonathan goes on to compare Darth Vader to Hitler. And I just and I just kind of you know uh, I just kind of you know this is what I was Jonathan, talking about. This is what I, I just I was wanted thinking him about. to realize that one of them's fictional <laughs> and one of them actually committed mass genocide. Well, here, here's what here's what I was arguing. Uh, can I get that copy of the book again, Gilmore? Uh, real quick, can, uh, give it to me, beast. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nathan, congratulations! I'm gonna Good mail job, it, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mail this to you. Uh, if you could email me again, make sure I have your e your uh, address. I, I might have it in that <laughs> message, but uh, I'll check. That's okay. You're taking your daughter adorable. to Dragon Con every year—that's that's a good tradition. So, congratulations, Nathan. Nathan, <laughs> Dragon Con, Nathan. Good job. Uh, congratulations, you got yourself a new copy nice. of Pacify Me by Chris Mancini. Anyway, uh, what I was talking about was brand new Geekscape merch, which we're we're gonna do. Oh, and <laughs> so I was like, man, would anybody buy this shirt that had Darth Vader's helmet, and then underneath it it said "Worse Than Hitler." Because, 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 look, look, from like an objective 
these are who the characters, like, like, when you look at the two John, histories John, of those, John. I know, I know, you, no. you can't sell that fucking shirt. You just can't. I know you can't sell that shirt. And it's, in Hollywood? It's just no, no, more. you can't sell that shirt anywhere. In the, sa- in the same conversation, <laughs> I said, in the Middle East. these are the things that come in my head, and I go, huh, I wonder if that was a t-shirt. I know people would buy it, but it wouldn't be worth a shitstorm, and you know what? I don't believe in that. So I do have, you guys wonder if I have a monitor of some of the things that I think in no, I, I was there to monitor you. No, how dare you? I stopped myself. I said, uh, you know no, what? The Jonathan, prequels don't do are... Uh, they they are, are worse than Hiller. Yeah, and they, no, they are anag- analogous to the, <laughs> to the Vietnam War. Yeah, because they go on forever and they're boring as fuck. Yeah, because that's what the Vietnam War was. Yeah. Boring as fuck. Thanks, Nar. No, but I mean, just the fact that... Never mind. I'm not Speaking gonna... of boring as fuck... Yeah. Keep that to yourself, Gilmore. You're pinging. V, v or flash forward? No, we are going to segue into our film reviews this week. Um, guys, we got to talk about the big movie this weekend. This was uh, Roland Emmerich's new disaster porn, 2012, talking about the end of the world. Uh, I guess some solar flares, a planet uh, like alignment causes so like the, the, the causes the, a hiccup in the sun, electrolytes, which melts the Earth's core. <laughs> you know they, they were electrolytes. <laughs> neutrinos. Neutrinos. It. it, it the, the sun starts blasting the earth Ugh. it heats up the core the core starts to uh melt and the tectonic plates start to just wobble wobble everywhere yeah. and of course it causes downtown earthquakes so genius um and john cusack plays a, a dad who's separated from his wife uh, is it, is it, and the he's beginning he, of this film is like the beginning of every film where it's like you have the slacker dad yeah. who's been replaced by the successful doctor dad and his right. kids love that dad it's like really yeah, and john uh, cusack plays tom cruise in war of the worlds in this movie yeah yeah so good call on that yeah, one yeah so you've got this guy he's a he's a limo driver failed author and uh and you follow his storyline Along with uh, the storyline of this, uh, what is he? he? He's like a super geologist. This guy who uh, works for for the government. Yeah, he's a geologist. Yeah. Um, and he's starting to get wind of this problem happening because it, he has got a buddy in India who's been monitoring the neutrinos that are hitting the Earth's core, and uh, they're heating it up. They're heating and it the up. Surface is getting unstable. And he goes to the administration, the the White House, and says, you know, this is what happens. And then he becomes like a key figure in this administration and in this kind of uh, conspiracy to save all the world leaders and rich people. And the rich people, they, they want to create these arcs, which were, you have to buy you have to buy entry onto. How much is it? It's a billion euros. And once you're on this thing, you know, come hell and high water, which both happen during the course of this movie, yeah. you'll be saved. Um, right. John Cusack, though, hey man, he doesn't have a billion euros. He just wants to save his family and Amanda Pete. And in doing so, uh, he pilots a car downtown uh, during downtown LA, which is crashing. There's a, a lot of airplane escapes. Did, did, okay, this living, is the movie. living here in LA, Let's did anybody else it. have an anxiety attack watching the whole fucking place like crumble to hell? I'm like. Jesus Christ, I'm like watching, like, you know, streets that I drive down every day just, like, fall into the core of the earth, and it was just a little, you know, it was a lot of fun, the visual effects are, like, really impressive. Uh, I, I, I didn't have a, a huge problem with this movie, I thought it was bad good, Right. you know, I mean, it could have been... What about been, the running time? It could have been bad shit, uh, you know, it was a long movie. Yeah. And, and I could have... done three hours. They did, they did this... my life. They did this airplane Electro. takes off from the runway before the runway crumbles away gag, like, three times! <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't need to do it that many yeah, times. We, we saw the movie with William Bibiani, and his theory was actually that... It wasn't the end of the world. It was just the Earth trying to kill John Cusack and his family. On an airplane. <laughs> on a, yeah, so... Hold on. Uh, we locked Bibiani no, out. out. Bibiani's here Bibi- playing oh. new Super Mario Brothers in the area. Bibiani, what's up? What was that about? William, were you here just to derail the, the show? Is that Was that your intent? What was that? Was your intent just to derail the show? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, bye. Six <laughs> and, okay. Oh. Here comes out, out, uh, Brian, you're going to have to grab her. Bibiani? Who's he? Uh, guys, that's uh, William just... Bibiani. Uh, Can they just hear this? Can they hear this snorting? Put her on here. Just, just... I love that we're I love doing this show. Okay. Okay. Holding William, don't make it worse. Get I'm out of the room. Get the Listen to this snorting. Get out of here. Listen to that. The dog stays. Lock the door. Don't let Bibiani back in. I think that's why that door was locked. This is my new girlfriend, Jesus. Lucy. It smells like a bathroom in here now. What was he doing? Okay, put Lucy over here. All right. Put your, put your mic back on. Okay. Lucy, you sit here. 
How you doing, sweetie? You know what I did like uh, that I thought was the most interesting about thing about this movie was um, you see was the idea that uh, you know that 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 there's this world leader kind of plan to save you know a certain amount of the population right and and I thought that was the most interesting kind of sci-fi element to to the movie and because you know like with the climate crisis happening we're all gonna be underwater in like 10 15 years you, you know something like this is happening right now right you think so yeah for sure there's a there that like that I don't think this is quite don't, science they, fiction anymore. You don't. You do don't, you know something from the Science Channel in your work there that we don't know? What? That we're all going to be underwater? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not from working at the Science Channel. It's just from reading, you know, anything, anything about the climate crisis. Okay. Yeah. It's not like we have an energy bill out of Congress yet, but this is a non-political show. Yeah, it is. Al Gore. Um, that being said, uh, the movie Lockbox. The movie, uh... Good eight-year reference. You liked it. Why not? I, no, I mean, I, I had fun watching it. It's Like I said, it was in a bad, good kind of way. Like, there was... How many times did you laugh out loud in this movie? Uh, a lot. Every a lot. Minutes. Like, so, so that, to me, is success. Yeah, it's good. You're right. Right? You're right. Now, the, the movie uh, had some surprise cameos. I didn't expect Woody Harrelson to be in the film. Yeah. He made me laugh pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is um, it is alarming to me though that you uh, felt any kind of emotion when you saw Los Angeles sinking in because it meant you still had an attachment to the film's plot. Well, it was more of a, like a yeah. I was sure. like, I was like, to my... all, all I could think is I saw like LA sinking <laughs> was like, wait a minute, they just raced to the Santa Monica Airport. Now they're racing towards downtown instead of out over the ocean. They're racing back inland so that they can do a cool let's duck under the collapsing buildings. Yeah, and now they have to go backwards, and like they had to pull a huge Yui back to the Santa. Ma yeah, and they they were taking the shittiest possible route to where they were going. If John Cusack had turned right, um, then they would have been able to maybe like cut through some shit and get to the Santa Monica airport sooner, and we wouldn't have had one of those. Uh, uh, Gilmore, Gilmore. If you and I find ourselves in a plane, yeah, right, and yeah. uh, and the pilot. Because we're neither you or I pilots, am I right? You're not a pilot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If there's a pilot, and we're on a plane, and the and everything's going to hell in a handbasket, uh, and he goes, "Let me fly over some of them downtown buildings that are." And we're in Santa Monica, next to the ocean. Go to the ocean. We kill the pilot and learn to fly fast, because that guy's real. As qualified I, as he is, he's an idiot. You know, I want to say that it was a personal attachment to the film. What was happening? It was more of a personal attachment to my own paranoia. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. I think like being from Ohio. And live, you know, I'm I'm now in LA for like five years. I'm still not used to the whole earthquake thing, and then and then just like holy shit, you know, you know, it's just kind of regular nervousness. What? <laughs> just shake the camera, Gilmore. I'm like Gilmore, shake the camera. Like this is what that movie looked like. That was the movie. Yeah. Oh. Gilmore. Um. But I mean, what do you say? Do you say go? Do you say go see it in a theater? Because I mean, there's um, plenty of pee breaks. Let's not get get me wrong. Yeah, I peed I mean, once. You know, there's plenty of those like kind of long drawn out kind of like character scenes. And those are the movie had characters I felt didn't need. It had scenes I felt it didn't need. And uh, but that being said, for the one time in my life I'm going to watch this film, mm. I had a good time with my buddies Brian Gilmore and William Viviani. You know, if you guys can scrounge up a bunch of your friends who can't, who won't, who refuse to take things seriously, like, you know, the man children I run circles with, uh, go see this movie. And also, uh, can I say, it's also kind of fun to see a big, huge summer event type movie happening in mid-November. Right. Right? That always helps. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Guys, so I guess that is a pseudo-recommendation for 2012. Even though none, neither of us are saying... Come on. No, no. Either, even though Nar and I are, are saying the movie's not good... At all. You're going to have fun watching this movie. You don't like any of the characters. I like, you don't, you're not no, attached no, no, to No, 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 no. There is a great... Oh, wait, wait, there's, there's a great dog scene. There's Lucy, one... Lucy, there's one scene with a dog that you will really have you cheering. There's one like There's crazy. one more thing that I have to say about this film, though. You miss Sasha? Uh, is that the, the at, at the end of the movie, the last line of this movie... I absolutely blew me away. Should I spoil it? Can I spoil no, it? No, 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 yeah, please. Just do it. Who cares? No? I would. Who cares? I, I, it's not a movie about anything. No, it's someone saying, don't no, no, no. The world you know, you know Gilmore, you're not reading the survey results. Some of the survey results from our audience say that they don't like it when we spoil movies for them. Okay. Oh, no. I want to say that this is a big, huge spoiler, but there's just. Uh, let me know on the forums if the last line of this movie blows you away. Like the that's way it, it blew me. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, right. really? That's. 
that's how we're going to credits here. I, I can only hope, though, that when you sit in the theater watching this movie, uh, as spectacular as it is, you have two friends that are as funny as Gilmore and Bibiani with their oh, commentary. Shit, we man. did not pull any punches I'm on so that I'm so sorry one. I missed out on that, man. It was a lot of fun watching this movie. <laughs> I love... Oh, we can't give it away. Speaking of hilarious films... Uh, <laughs> Wes Anderson, uh, last movie he put out was what, Darjeeling Limited? Darjeeling Limited. Okay, and so the so I feel personally that the Wes Anderson, uh, I loved um, Rushmore. I feel like that was his best, most balanced, entertaining movie. That's mm. true. And, uh, and that was from, like his first movie. Or no, first Bottle Rocket. Movie? I thought, oh, but I love I love Bottle Rocket. Right. I loved Rushmore even more, and then it started feeling like he was making more and more like a, like a play almost. Like you could you could almost put. Uh, something like Magnif- uh, what was the one with the Royal family? Tenenbaum. Royal Tenenbaums and Darjeeling Limited and uh, Steve Zuso. Yeah. You could you could put those in like on like a stage and they could almost hold up. Yeah. And so it was it started becoming less about plot and more about like character idiosyncrasies. Mm. And he, I was kind of getting a little bored with the, with with it a bit. As much as I love his movies, uh, early on I'm like, oh, what's he gonna do to revamp his career? Mm. I gotta tell you, there's a new movie out called, uh, it's in limited release, but it's gonna be, of course it's gonna come wider uh, to more theaters. It's called Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is a stop motion animation movie that has a really good voice cast. It's got a lot of the old players from Wes Anderson movies. Owen Wilson, uh, Bill Murray, uh, you you see uh, Willem Willem Dafoe, and yeah, um, it's based on a Roald Dahl book called The Fantastic Mr. Fox, and George Clooney plays Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is a fox who has grown up his entire young fox life um, as a, somebody who steals chickens. Mm-hmm. And he ends up in the first scene, uh, you know, he, he goes and steals chickens with, the, with someone that he's in a relationship with, and uh, in the midst of having this, the, the trap set on them, she reveals, I'm pregnant. They're sitting in a trap, about to be shot by the, by the, by the farmer, and she says, I'm pregnant. And it flashes forward to a more domesticated Mr. Fox. And now he's got a kid. He lives in a, in a, in a hole in the ground that's been designed to look like a house. And she's made him start walking the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't just uh, straighten out an old fox like that. Mm. Right? So now that he's an older guy and he, he has a, a normal job writing for the local newspaper, he still has that want of being something more. He gets a nice house in a tree, and across from there, there's three farmers. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to sneak out with my friends, and we're going to start stealing from these. You know, I'm going to feel the old fire again. Mm-hmm. Right? He lies to his wife. He lies to his neighbors and says, I'm going to go out and, you know, have some fun again and, and, and start stealing chickens and whatever these farmers make. That, of course, causes the farmers to go nuts, and they really put a bounty on his head and start coming after him. And so... Uh, it sounds already like there's a plot in this film, right? The movie technically is it awesome to watch. Like, is it like a, a heist? Do they set it up like a heist film? There are heist portions of the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, like they're like they're gonna pull off the job. Mm-hmm. But there's three jobs because there's three different farmers, and uh, and there are all sorts of themes that go through it, like like his place in the community. Uh, he has a relationship with a son, which isn't that great. A cousin comes to live with him who starts to upstage the son in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so there's feelings of inadequacy with, with his son, and he has to make that connection. Uh, I found myself watching this film and thinking about another movie that came out recently about growing up and that had a lot of technical prowess, and that was um, Where the Wild Things Are. And I think that this movie did, uh, was, was a lot more effective in conveying the feelings of responsibility in, in, in growing up while having an amazing uh, display to put on technically I mean th- this is a lot of fun to watch and from the beginning the movie is very funny mm-hmm. so the script is tight the adaptation of this Roald Dahl book is, is done really really well the voice cast I mean this is the best I, I love I love Up but listening to the actors in this movie really made me enjoy uh, the film quite a bit um, And just listening to the way that they're, they're playing with each other I mean it feels like you could put the actors Back in the movie and still have a lot of t- fun Watching it uh, But I mean it's, it's a creative film and, and immediately this is one of my mm, I described the movie Earlier today to our good friend Brent Moore On the Geekscape forums as being Good and almost great right? Why I, wasn't it great though? Uh, pacing 
I would say uh, because sometimes there's a tone of a heist movie, sometimes there's a tone of a bit of a melodrama, sometimes there's a tone of a, a Wes Anderson movie, and then sometimes there's a, a the tone of a of an escape movie. You don't quite get uh, the you don't quite get the balance that if you, you had like a like a like a for sure plot line, like a like a unique goal that the character is going for, and it's got an ensemble. You know what I mean? There are scenes that don't have Mr. Fox in it at all, where you deal with the the, the son, or you deal with just the neighbors, or you deal with the wife, and uh, in that way, the ensemble feels like a Wes Anderson movie. And it, I guess Wes Anderson, you know, the leisurely pace with which his movies go along, yeah, like. It really does feel like one of their earlier Wes Anderson movies that doesn't substitute pace for character and uh, and plot for character, and it just feels good to have that balance again, where the characters aren't just totally drowning out where this movie's going. But it, visually, I, I've seen you know it's like, awesome. Yeah, it looks visually. It visually, looks... the movie is awesome, and it's in in a lot of the gags are just in the way it's animated. Mm-hmm. Who's this movie for? <sighs> That is a good question. I think that you could definitely bring kids to see this movie. Oh, but it's not primarily a kids movie. No, we we went uh, we went to the landmark last night, and uh, Laura and I enjoyed it. It looked like a lot of people uh, that were older than us were there, and they were enjoying it. I feel like this is a pretty. Uh, well, it's tough because it's definitely an indie film, but I feel like it does it definitely has wide appeal. I mean, this is a movie that might go down as being remembered in the same light as like uh, the classic Willy Wonka. And these and, and these movies that were made for kids and but adults can enjoy them and even though they may come out and not immediately do well uh, when revisiting it you're really gonna enjoy like a lot of the scenes mm. Bill Murray's character as a badger who's his lawyer is phenomenal uh, Adrian Brody has a small role as a little mouse mm-hmm. who's one of my favorite characters ah. and it, oh it's it, it, the, the movie small has th- th- this movie has so much heart in it. Uh, and you really get that in the way that they're animated and everything's portrayed, and uh, that's really what the movie is about, you know, growing up but not losing your sense of self. Um, so I definitely recommend. So that's definitely a recommendation. Yeah, pe- people, it. people, people sometimes say, "Man, Jonathan, do you not love? It? Do you not like anything?" Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's true. Uh, you guys know I do recommend a lot of movies. Hell, I recommended you go see 2012 with your drunkest, dumbest friends. <laughs> you really should have been drunk, uh, honestly. Yeah. That's not an option for me, Gilmore. That movie was ass. Uh, but, uh, but Fantastic Fo- Mr. Fox is a good date movie. It's a good movie to go see with your friends. And again, you're going to be laughing throughout. There's a part where it might get a little slow, but luckily it's a 90-minute movie. And, uh, and it's awesome. And... Uh, you know who else also surprised me that's in the movie? The lead singer of Pulp is in the film. A Stephen Modern boy you know from the forums? Is that him? Huge fan of Jarvis Cocker. Of course and, he is. Uh, and he voices a musician in the film. So it, it's an awesome movie to watch and to, to listen to. Great voice cast, great animation. Speaking of some phenomenal special effects, i got to talk about something I got in the mail. Uh, can I talk about this? Yeah. And we can segue into TV. Can I do this, Gilmore? Yep. Hey guys, when I first moved to LA, I started working as a delivery guy. Well, I was a PA in one office building, and I met a guy who had a big Spider-Man 2 poster in his office. Spider-Man 2 hadn't even come out yet. His name was Ian Kerner. You guys know him. He's a guest on the show every now and then. And he was such a huge geek, and we just started. We just spent like lunches and days talking about movies, video games, and comic books. He recommended this. In, in like, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch. It looks silly. He kept recommending this show for, to me called Farscape. He had it on, on, on DVDs, and the DVDs were like $100 a season. Like, the DVDs have always been really expensive for Farscape. And, uh, and I watched them. And then I started kind of like, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Kirsten, she started watching them with me. And then she started getting hooked, and I was like, oh my god, like, a, a sci-fi series that Kirsten can watch? Kirsten's not like Laura. You know, Laura will play the DS. Laura will kind of watch, like, some Avatar Last Airbender with me. Right. Kirsten wouldn't have stood for any of that shit, mm-hmm. right? She's like, that, whatever. That, that, you know. Keep in mind, I wouldn't be doing Geekscape for very long, if at all. I'd still be with Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, the series was uh, ran its course. They had a, uh, a little movie to end it. That went, like, what, five seasons? And that was it. And that was that was Farscape. They talked about doing a web series. They've recently done comic books. But Farscape just kind of was like its own thing, like Babylon Five. You know what I mean? It wasn't a, it wasn't a franchise like Star Trek or Star right, Wars. Right. And what's great about it was, what I thought was part of the appeal of it was that there were Muppets, and that it treated uh, sci-fi concepts in a fun way, 
as much as it was a smart way. Mm -hmm. You know, you have wormholes, you have time travel, you have alternate universes that don't get canceled out, and they run, uh, you know, alongside the main plot line of the show, and the characters go in and out. These are all sci-fi concepts you've seen a lot of sci-fi shows, but there was a lot more Star Wars than Star Trek in here. You know, uh, and the show is about, for those of you guys who don't know Farscape, it was about a, uh, a test pilot who was flying uh, this, te this test vehicle out in, the, in, in orbit, and he accidentally triggers a wormhole. Right. And he shows up in the middle of nowhere, and almost like the beginning of Star Wars, this, this, this slave ship is escaping. Mm -hmm. And he runs afoul of it, he gets pulled into the ship, and everybody's speaking a different alien language. And these guys are all escaping from this evil empire type. Mm -hmm. And he kind of gets pulled in with their struggle. Right. But they think he's an idiot because he's from Earth. Yeah. You know, they're advanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's this really he's funny... Primitive Earth. There, there, there's this really funny joke uh, when I was watching the series where they're all shooting... You know, he starts shooting a laser gun at, at, at these bad guys. And they're like, don't shoot it. That, that's flammable. He goes, what? How's it flammable? They go, just read it on the side of the thing. It says it's flammable. And, and he's like... That thing doesn't have any writing on it. They're like, you can't read that? And the writing is so small, and then all their eyes are so much more advanced than ours. Right. They're <laughs> he, so much more evolved. He can't, he can't read, like, the flammable right. side on it. Right. And they're like, don't be shooting at that thing. Um, so he's, like, basically, he's got no skills in this world. And he's a great character to follow through the world because of that. Yeah, it's you know, Ben Bowder. You, re you really Bowder. discover... Yeah. You discover all these like weird things about and that in Ben Bowder went in Claudia Black they went on to do uh, Stargate. Mm -hmm. And now I never watched the series all the way through like dedicated like you did. I, I would watch it when it was on when it was on Sci-Fi, the old Sci-Fi Channel. And uh, and what I always liked about it is the tone of it. It has this like really fun kind of humorous kind of tone to it, which is hilarious. And it's a it's become a really huge property for Jim Henson now because the Jim Henson company doesn't own the Muppets anymore. In fact, right. in fact they don't call their puppets Muppets. They're not allowed to call their puppets Muppets anymore. Because Disney bought it. Because uh, Disney owns the uh, Muppets. The Muppets. Puppets. So, you know, technically you should be calling them puppets in Farscape. Well, Jim Henson Productions created this show. Brian Henson directed a lot of uh, these episodes. And they just brought out Farscape, the complete series. I'm about to crack this thing open and watch it throughout the month of December with Laura. But this thing has all 88 episodes, uh, 15 hours of bonus features on 26 discs. I mean, this thing is a serious box. Before this thing was released, you had to buy each season individually without ex that many extras and each season was like a, over a hundred dollars to buy uh, so this is the first time it's contained it's got do you uh, know how much it's going to be for everybody else it's got a rarely seen long sought after behind the scenes special it's got three archival documentaries it's got 31 audio commentaries deleted scenes director cut uh, director's cuts uh, behind the scenes interviews with the cast and the characters creative team um, there's a documentary on the composer there's original TV promos. The one thing I, I can't nail down just in looking at the box or in the uh, in the release brief is whether or not it has that additional uh, Farscape movie that, that they did after the, the summation of the series, The Peacekeeper Wars. That can definitely be found pretty cheaply on DVD, uh, but I'm going to get in on this thing and start watching them. I know Laura is pretty excited about it, but yeah, the Farscape, the complete seasons, one through four, and... Um, I think they're cheap. I, th I think this thing is under a hundred dollars for a hundred dollars. It looks like it says it's forty-five. It, 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 oh no, no, you know what? Here it is. Here it is. Oh no. The collectible oh, price of one hundred and fifty ninety-five, one hundred forty-nine ninety-five, and it comes out uh, this week, November seventeenth. So it's I would look bad. for it. It's not bad at all. You want to borrow this, right? Yeah. All right. Let, let, let me spend the month of December watching this, and then in the new year, when, when you lose your job, you can watch this. All right. When they do cutbacks. Okay. Well, okay. Who do you think will have more time on their hands? You, Nar, or Bibiani, who also wants to watch this? Me. You. Well, I use TV as a coping mechanism, so I need it more. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Nar and I are only on work on the heads up. He does science in the movies every now and then. Guys, Bibiani doesn't do shit. <laughs> he writes it. He writes a lot. I know, I know, I know. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's a prolific writer. I, I'm just trying to think. Like, I love who, that you took us and the audience aside. Guys, guys, he doesn't really do shit. Now, uh, guys, who, who do you think should who, who, who do you think should borrow this? Me. But but Gilmore, you work your ass off at that job. You're never. You're always but at that work. fucking job. You don't get emails from me until three days later when you get around to checking it. That's true. You're I a piece a, of shit, dude. I guess. I can guarantee you, it won't be you. 
No, I wake up and I watch uh, TV just so I have something. What that TV I enjoy. do you watch? What are you talking about? What TV do you watch? Guys, who do you Every think between Nar and Bibiani? And plus, you you scratch your fucking ass with your DVDs. You treat your DVDs like horror, like coasters and stuff. You treat your DVDs and your That's car like. That's not true. Is that true? Dude, yes. No. Have you seen the in, Have you seen the inside of this guy's car? No, I've never seen it. No, that is kind of a mess. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it's your life. You are how you treat your things, right? Not. Really. What are you running from? Everything. You know what I mean? Like that, that's really what it is. Like if you abuse the things that you own, then 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 you're really abusing yourself. And uh, and so so now I'll, I'll let you or Baby Ani borrow Okay, this. you can go to hell. Cool. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Me. I'm actually I'm actually in the first thanks to Bibiani, I'm actually in the first season of Avatar. The last thing I've been around is so fucking great. We got this kid on the really forums who just picked it up and he, so and he was hesitant. Love it. But he's into it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's We're great. almost done with season two. We just... What else have you been watching? Yeah, well, what, what's uh, your watch? Cause, cause... You know, I like sci-fi TV. Like, I really, like, uh, if you get good sci-fi TV, you can just kind of get into it more than a sci-fi movie. Mm -hmm. You really can't. Um, so I'm always out on the lookout for, you know, what are the new ones that are going to maybe last. And so, um, I, I gave V and Flash Forward both a shot. Flash Forward's a thing that looks like the 7 o'clock news. Now, Flash Forward is, it's uneven. It's really, un uh, but it's... Nah, man, you know, that guy made Blade 3. Yeah, but D David Goyer, yeah, is the creator of it and oh, writes a couple God. episodes. Is anyone helping him? Um. <laughs> like the Nolan brothers? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like every... It's like You're there's rude. like a really good episode, and there's some story. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the last few seasons of Lost. Is like there will be a good episode about characters that you care about, and then there will be like a really flat, lame, boring episode about characters you could give a shit about. But the thing is, it's pretty violent. Somebody just pretty, goes, that's how I feel about Sansa Moon. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's pretty violent it's and, and, and disturbing at times, like people committing suicide. I mean, it's on at eight o'clock on a primetime network, on, like on a network on abc and i'm a little surprised by kind of how uh how edgy it is um but you know i can't highly recommend it i say if, if you're if you want to give it a shot and see if you know if it if it you know appeals to you do it and v was not good now v is a lot less good it's like um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's uh, it's a shame too because I think we all have nostalgia for the old miniseries. Oh yeah, and um, we like Miranda Bacher. Remember Mark Singer? Like we wanted, to, I wanted to interview Mark Singer. Mark, Mark Singer, the Beastmaster. Yeah, the I wanted, original I wanted to Beastmaster. Him. Remember I wanted to interview him at Wizard World? He wouldn't, that, he wouldn't take an interview. With Why him? wouldn't he do it? He was too much of a know. hot shit. No shit. Yeah, he he like rothed us. You know what? Because he's Brian Singer's cousin. He's like, is he really Brian Singer's cousin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, at any rate, he um, attends his sex parties. Yeah, and you know the best the best thing about it is, is the leader of, of of the alien invasion you just mentioned uh, from Firefly. Yeah. Um, and, but she's hardly in it. Oh no. And it's I don't know, man. It's, it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of dumb. It's just kind of dumb. The so what, so really what do we watch? Right. Like Laura and I, are, you uh, know, we finished the third season of Dexter. We want something else on Netflix. What do you recommend? I like Fringe. I think Fringe has gotten a okay. lot better since right. last Bibiani season. Bibiani and Nar say Fringe. Um, Actually, fringe. start watching Fringe. Because here's okay. the thing about okay. Fringe. fringe. Okay. It has a really great ongoing uh, storyline about a multiverse kind of invasion that kind of has this. UFO alien invasion X Files feel, okay. and when they're not doing that, you know, major story arc, they're then having the monsters of the week type X File episodes. If you are a fucking fan of X Files, you're gonna love Fringe because I was a big X Filey. Uh, Fringe has gotten really good, and that's kind of the show that oh. I recommend. I wrote it down. All right. Uh, what about <laughs> what? What about the one that you guys are always talking about, Mad Men? Mad Men is the one. fucking best show. Mad Men's phenomenal. Emmy award watching. Okay. So amazing. YouTube guy. Yeah, but oh, I don't listen to the Emmys. I don't listen to that shit. I listen to YouTube guys. Mad Men is the best show on television, no doubt. Okay. No, I like Dexter this season. No doubt. I like Mad Men. Okay. Really? Dexter this season is just as good. Well, don't spoil it because I'm watching it on DVD sets. If you're not watching Mad Men, you've got to start now. Yeah, it's on the Netflix instant queue. And it's the, on the season Netflix finale queue. just went up. Season 3 season finale just went up. It's okay. the best finale they've had. through the first part of December, the entire third season is on on demand. Oh, how cool. Okay. And then uh, let me mention one more thing. I've never been a big Stargate person, 
but the new series, Stargate Universe, With is actually Dinosaur. pretty good. Um, really? It's, it, it doesn't have quite enough, quite enough character development for me. It's more of like a Star Trek kind of format where it's like, there's a problem at the beginning of the, of the episode, and by the end of it, they solve it using their brains. But it's fun. It looks beautiful. It's shot in a really great way, more of a BSG kind of way. It has some good acting from Robert Carlyle. Um, it's definitely worth checking out and see if it floats your boat. Um, so, guys, let's just uh, pause for a second and talk about TV Gone By. Dollhouse was canceled. Finally. Yeah. Uh, was that a show that was put out of its misery, do you think? Yes. I, did, I never saw an episode. Yes. I never saw it. I, I watched one episode, and I was just like, I'm just not... I followed it religiously, because... Did I you love, really? I love Joss Whedon and everything he's done. Yeah. But, and act just like the entire audience that had followed Dollhouse, only reason anyone watched that was because they were Joss Whedon fans. I don't right. think it picked up anybody okay. new. Because one, Eliza Douche, who can't carry a show, mm. um, the best episodes where everyone's like, oh, yes, finally, it's hit its stride, are the episodes that are about other characters with uh, really strong acting ability that wow. makes you like um, them. I'm writing that down. Um, and, uh, no, but seriously, though, it was just a show that relied too much on its concept and not enough on its characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because every other show, like, was a hot, uh, of Joss Whedon's or thing that he's done has been a co high concept thing. Mm -hmm. But, but the he really wow great. exactly. He wows you because it's just like okay, and this type of high concept shit. You also have your great characters, and it's one of those shows where you can prove people wrong. With and it's like you know what you should like this kind of stuff because it's good. But Dollhouse is not. Are bad. are they gonna let the thirteen? I think they're gonna go ahead and run the thirteen episodes for the season. Yeah, they should. Yeah, yeah no, they're gonna they give it a proper. They are gonna give it a proper ending, but it's it's finished. Okay. Um, so, guys, we're at least getting a rush on that. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, real quick, let's talk about one of the trailers that came out this week. Uh, that one or that one? What should we talk about? Uh, I mean, I think we can mention them both. Okay, let's mention both. Kick-Ass is going to be, uh, a, the, for sure, the sleeper hit film of 2010. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of people know what it is. Not a lot of people know what it's about. But it, it reminds me of, like, The Matrix. Not a lot of people knew what it was, like, back in night, but the word of mouth, which it was just, like, so good. Right. And you saw the Comic-Con footage. I, I, right? I saw the Comic-Con footage. I was blown away by it. So This trailer right. that was just released, though, uh... I think it starts really strong, and then it just evolves into quick clips that I don't think tells a lot of people about what the movie is. But for a teaser, it teases. But I think the reason it feels that way is because this is so violent. Have you seen mm. the footage? I mean, all the fight is just so violent that what can they show in the trailer, right. really? Right. Well, we'll find out in March and then the Clash of when the it comes out. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and then you got this other movie, Clash, Clash of, of the, the Titans. Titans. Yeah. What do you think now, of this? Are you big Clash of the Titans, classic Clash of the Titans I fan. am. Of course. Uh, we loved Harry all that Housen stuff. Mm -hmm. the, the Ray Harryhausen stuff just had so much charm. If you were a kid growing up in the 80s, that you watched Medusa that, you loved it. That Medusa scene in the original Clash of the Titans was one of the best action scenes like for me This would just up. terrify you, didn't it? Right! So great. It was horrific. Uh, all those Ray Harryhausen scenes, Seven Sword Voyage of Sinbad... Jason the Argonauts, those were the movies that you loved as a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clash of the Titans was right up there with it. I was always hesitant of them remaking it, but Lawrence Leterrier like, really did a great job with the Hulk. Yeah, he uh, did. I became a fan of his and said, you know what? For, what? A, fran for a franchise that was in John Singleton's hands, mm -hmm. let's see what, Laura, uh, what Larry Leterrier can do. And this trailer is the first evidence of that. Like, Of course, we knew that Liam Neeson had been cast as Zeus. We knew that uh, Sam Worthington from... Uh, Avatar was going to be in uh, Perseus and now we got ourselves the trailer I think this trailer looks like a good action film yeah it looked pretty metal man they, they, uh, it does look like like a it, metal is the word it's got metal it music yeah, yeah it looks badass it's got hot women big huge titans yeah and uh, and and you know what if you're going to play around with mythology this is the way it's got to be it's got to be in a God of War style scope. I think it's going to be a good good fucking movie man. if it's not it's going to at least be a fun movie yeah 2012 style. Yeah. Uh, God damn. It. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's, not, it's not over don't two and a half hours. Don't drive this into people's minds. I, I don't, I don't think... only encouraging Roland Emmerich. I'm, pretty, I'm only going to see 2012 once, and that was enough for the pretty almost sure there will be no characters in Clash of the Titans whose major character flaw is bedwetting. So, right. Okay. No, you got that. <laughs> yeah, that so, was weird for Amanda Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's talk comic books. Um, the big comic book that I enjoyed this week uh, didn't get a lot to a lot of comic books actually. I've just been working pretty hard, uh, but 
Um, Brian Azzarello, you guys know him from 300 bullet, 100 Bullets? And uh, Phil Noto, is an act, uh, he's an artist. I'll pick up his artwork uh, no matter what he publishes. I think he's got this really great blend of a 50s, 60s style. Um, and uh, he and Brian Azzarello have teamed up to start doing this. Uh, this is a one-shot. It's Batman and Doc Savage, who's like an old pulp hero. And what DC is doing is they're creating this thing called First Wave. And what it is, is it's coming out in March, and First Wave is all the powerless heroes. Like, Batman doesn't have any powers. Hmm. He's just a badass who can fight. Yeah. The spirit, created by uh, Will Eisner, Will Eisner <laughs> doesn't have any powers. Denny Colt is, so, so just happened to survive dying, and he's using the fact that everybody thinks he's dead to come back and, you know, stop crime. Doc Savage, dude just works out and is super smart. All these kind of pulp heroes... Uh, Black Canary is one of them in the DC Universe They're starting to do uh, a, a book about these kind of street level uh, Crime fighters And the, in the series is going to be called First Wave And they introduce it in this one shot Where they got Azarello Writing this story about Batman and Doc Savage Meeting And it takes place real early in Batman's career Batman's in his young 20s cool. Just starting out he's been, a bat, he's been the Batman publicly for about a month And in this, ser- and in this issue He's framed for a murder. Doc Savage comes in saying, you know what? If Batman did shoot somebody between the eyes, there's got to be, uh, they, we got to put a stop to him. And so Doc Savage and Batman, of course, are going to butt heads. Um, and you know what? Brian Ezrael is writing. Sometimes, to me, I wasn't a big fan of when he took over for uh, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee on the Batman book a couple years ago uh, after the Husk storyline. The Hush storyline, remember that one? They did, the, they did the It was a good storyline And then uh, Brian Azzarello took over And I so His writing is Sometimes hit Sometimes miss with me uh, It's hard to go anywhere After Hush though Yeah Hush was good um, The writing here Is good But again uh, Phil Noto's what, what really makes this A fun thing to read uh, His artwork He did a He did a, a book Called The New West A couple years ago About an EMP Which destroys All the technology In Los Angeles And everybody's on horseback Right, and it's really, really a cool series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody's got to like rescue the mayor's daughter or something like that. Horses are easier to come by than bikes. You, you can have bikes, but it's not faster than a horse. You get shot at. All right. Huh? You be on your bike. I'll be on my horse. All right. I'll see who catches who. In, in, on an engine see, and start my car. You can't do these things. There's, there's no technology. That's the premise. It's all taken. Yeah, the technology has been wiped out. Right, so uh, Batman, Doc Savage special that's out, and we'll see what this that's first wave is all about. This is a one shot leading up to this whole streetwise superhero thing that they're doing in March. I'm looking forward to it. Streetwise. So, guys, um, we got to get to video games because there's two big video games that have recently come out. Uh, luckily, my GameStop they broke the street date on New Super Mario Brothers, so I've just started getting into that game. I'll tell you more about it next week once I've had a couple more hours behind it. But uh, this new Super Mario Brothers, you can do four players at a time. I tried playing it a little earlier with Bibiani. You can play competitively or cooperatively. And uh, it's a side-scrolling video game. We talked about it about uh, a little bit when we played at E3. But you play it sideways like the controller classically. You take the Wii remote, you put it sideways. And the shake function does work to give you a little bit of an extra jump. And then there's some suits that'll work with the shake, like the uh, propeller suit that you guys have read about a lot when you've read about this game. You have a little propeller on your helmet. When you jump, you give it a little extra shake and it'll send you spinning up into the air for some extra height. The new suit as well is the penguin suit, which causes you to be able to freeze things and slide around. Uh, It looks cool. I haven't gotten to those stages yet. Literally just picked the game up. But it's Bibiani's probably halfway Bibiani through right is like now. halfway through the game in the other room. <laughs> huh? What? I heard my name. Let me get some more dogs into the room. Uh, but uh, but as far as we owners looking for a game to buy this holiday season, that looks like the one to get. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm into it so far. And if you were a fan of the DS, New Super Mario Brothers, this is this plays almost the exact same. This is like the, uh, a mix between that one. And I would say Super Mario World on the N sixty N sixty new Super Nintendo. What keeps you playing Super Mario Brothers? Uh, I just like the platforming mechanics and the little bits of puzzles that they put in the games. Like the Wii Remote here, there are a couple platforms that when you jump on them, uh, the way that the platform works uh, depends on your tilt of the remote control. So if you want to tilt a platform in the game, you have the Wii, Wii Remote in your hand, you have to tilt the Wii Remote, and you can trigger certain things in your environment, grabbing things, throwing things, by using the Wii Remote. 
it's not like Wario Shake, but at the same time, it does make the game a little bit more fun. Would it be, would it be like what me and Gilmore were saying earlier? Is it, would it be a little more fun and interesting if we got a little more invested into stories and characters with the Mario Brothers universe? They've been around for 20-some-odd years. Wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of new villain that came along and killed one Why of the characters we, and really shook up the universe or did something, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the motivation to play it other than, oh, this is fun. But the story for Super Mario Brothers has never been there. You know what I mean? It's always been Rescue the Princess. But wouldn't it be cool if it wasn't? It wasn't, you know, Rescue the Princess. This is. I mean, just to be more. I mean, look look at Zelda. Look look at the Zelda games. We'll start with the 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 Nintendo first generation games. Look at the Zelda games. The Zelda games have always been like puzzles. You acquire equipment to get past the puzzles. End of story. But they actually have stories in their games. But they don't. They're all act sort of independent of each other. You know what I mean? And then and then you've got uh, then you've got what the, the, Metro- what the fuck do they care if a princess is in trouble? <laughs> well, then, then you get the Metroid games. I can see why you don't play it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you raise a good point. Uh, the Metroid games they, they do have a bit more of a storyline, but those first gen- those first generation Nintendo games have never been about the story. But we're they've so always far been about a bit of repetition. It, yeah, we've evolved, shouldn't they? But look at the look at the sales figures. They don't need to evolve. And if the game is still mechanically fun, and if you're still inventing new mechanics for playing the game, those things can still keep their. But parity. I'm a little surprised, as a storyteller yourself, that you wouldn't want a better story as part of the game. Not 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 as mm. not that you need I don't, necessarily I don't need, it. need it to play it, but wouldn't it be an upgrade? I think the purity of those games is also what keeps them pretty fun and open for new people to pick them up like the appeal of those games is the purity of them is uh, on some level and they are adding new mechanics this is a new game that we can play for the first time with four people at the same time mm. and make it a bit of a party game at the same time as it's a, a bit of a progression game but yeah we have those games. but do you have them as well as these i mean these are the flagship games you know what i mean you can say we have first person shooters but unless it's halo or modern you know modern warfare you don't have the best shooters yes we have party games we have platform games but having a, a mario brothers game you know that that's going to come with the prestige of having a actually being a lot of fun to play with your friends and it's got some really great mechanics to it so i think those games will always hold up i think the purity and the lack of storyline will always be part of the appeal and uh and if you want myself. something if you want something different go play shadow complex that's a great platforming game that has That's a great a cool story, story and stuff yeah. like that. No, yeah. but I've just always been for, and I understand exactly, you're 100% yeah. right, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to get this for your little niece, you mm-hmm. know? You wouldn't be able to, like, you don't want to see your little niece losing a friend, you know, a character that we care yeah, about. Like Luigi that. die, you sick fuck. <laughs> no, that was my idea. I'll, I'll of take course it was, because it's I'll horrible. Take, I'll take the bullet for that. <laughs> Nara wouldn't but, come up with that idea. I trust Nara as a creative equal. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I, I always thought, like, Disney has had fucking Mickey and Donald and Goofy like forever, and none of them have died. But I know, but the, the, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is, when's the last time? What's a great story you know where they were all involved? You know, what's stopping a great storyteller from telling a great story with the Disney characters? Great thing you've asked. I mean, the the new Epic Mickey that's coming out is a brand new video game based around the Mickey Disney universe. And a lot of people are talking about it because they they kind of switch the way it, he looks, and he like looks and it's more a like kind of mean. But and you guys, you now. guys have heard me argue the fact that Disney has the most recognizable character on the face of the planet. And well, is doing that's nothing just a statistical fact. But let's do that it. People let's, know let's, Mickey more than they know. Like, and I and I love it. I love the fact that they're taking Mickey and they're, and they're taking him out. You don't necessarily have to do big overhauls to make those characters new. Superman hasn't changed. In how many years? I mean, these are the characters no, but so they, they have, are. Yeah, but they, so they have when, some when, kind of conflict. You're when, talking about pop culture characters, all of whom will never have those resolutions. You will never see the end of a Spider-Man storyline. Unless it's it some creative like, Which is fine, shows. but you'll get an enticing Spider-Man storyline as opposed to the same literal I'm enti- thing. And, and what I'm telling you is I'm enticed by the purity of sitting down for 15 minutes and being able to play through a level and then have some creative little mechanics and being able to find a couple coins, and that's the, that's the fun of the game. It's okay. It's playing it. Yeah, not, yeah. Not it's playing. It's playing. It's playing it. Not necessarily getting like a full storyline. You know what I mean? Like, like we have games for that. RPGs. We have all sorts of big story-driven games. This, the, the, it serves the, its a certain they purpose. They purpose. It's the greatest platformer of all time. I mean, another great game that came out okay, this, this yeah. week actually has a lot of depth to it, and the stories are a huge part of it. Right. And, and we're that, talking about Modern Warfare Two. And that Mar brings, played through. Played through the game. I haven't. I haven't. Finished. I only have a few hours into it. But Graham played through it. He said it's great. Okay. Well, it is great. I'm a Call of Duty dude. I'm not really big into Halo, and I know I'm probably pissed off a lot of the geeks' but you know, it's just, it's just not my thing. 
definitely more Call of Duty. Uh, Modern Warfare, the first one, favorite FPS of all time. Hmm. Um, had a, it, it just. Do you agree with him, Gilmore? Oh God, no. Really? No. Are uh, you? A, I didn't. I didn't finish it. Halo. I enjoyed. Oh, I, Halo. Okay. I, I enjoyed Halo. it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Geekscape I didn't finish it. Yeah. Um, Geekscape is Halo. We're awesome. a huge Halo. I know. I know. I don't know, man. Uh, you go on the forums over on Geekscape.net. A lot of people are talking about this. Uh, oh, this is Modern Warfare. No, they're great games. Modern they're Warfare fucking awesome games. games. Amazing. Oh, oh, you woke up, Lucy. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she's already back to sleep. Um, you know, uh, it it looks gorgeous. It plays awesome. Um, the uh, it takes up uh, five years after the the first game, and in the first game the. The, the main antagonist was uh, this guy named Zakayev, who's like the leader of this ultranationalist uh, party in, mm -hmm. in Russia. And, um, and you kill him at the end of the first game, if okay. you remember. Uh, now uh, they've turned him, the ultranationalists have take, taken over Russia and they've turned him into a martyr. And one of his lieutenants, Bakarov, is now the antagonist of, of, of this game. Um, my, I think. It's, a, it's an awesome game. It plays nice. So far, I'm about half... I don't even know if I'm halfway through it. I, I have a few hours into it. But um, uh, the, the story doesn't seem as strong. It's, it's, a, it's a little kind of weird. And I, you guys have probably heard about the... Uh, controversial the controversial level, level here. It's an early level, so it? I'm assuming uh, people have played it. The controversy is, and I've seen the, the footage... Uh, of the level being played, you've got uh, the, your main character, and you want to get one in, of your main characters. And you want to get in with these with this group, right? You you want to kind of uh, infiltrate the group, and in order to do it, you have to prove your loyalty to them. So they have you go into a a, a public airport. Yeah, in you go Russia, into this Russian airport and just start laying bullets into innocent civilians. Like literally, it's and it's like, a slaughter. It's, it's like brutal. fucked up, dude. Like I was playing it, and and you can and, choose and, to skip the level. No, too. but you clap now. And I've never been anyone who's who's thought like maybe video game violence is you know excessive, horrible, or it's bad, or for us, or, or I'm definitely not for censorship in any way. But playing this level, like you, you, I, you just stop shooting because I, I just stopped shooting. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking just cut down. There's something about them screaming and yelling and running away, and it just yeah. feels so real. And they're kind of strong. You're kind of strolling through the airport in a very disturbing, cold way. The way like the Columbine people like, oh, like wow. uh, strolled through the fucking high school. It's just a little disturbing. And and so I'm like, fuck. But I could understand it if it served the story in a way that that your character stayed with this group and they played the CIA plot line out for a few levels. But they don't do that. Uh, At the don't spoil, don't spoil. Uh, uh, but but yeah, that's your big complaint. They don't do it. And so there's really no reason. Like you, you think it was just included there for shock or it, it for publicity? It seems gratuitous, yeah. It doesn't well, no, really had, serve the They had that level in the last Modern Warfare, the most disturbing thing. Because if you, you can YouTube or, you know, other... You know footage of actual people shooting from helicopters? Yes. And how, you know, sort of oh, like yeah. that heat vision yes. uh, type of... And it's like... Like, and, and you had a level like that in modern... But those in, were in enemy. Those were clearly enemy no, soldiers. No, no, no. But these nonetheless, these were people. No, you were hitting some innocent people. And you some were, because you suck at the game. And, uh, no, no, no. But you, you were... Um, I've seen you shoot in fucking Grand Theft Auto for like 18 minutes. I love it. That was... That helicopter shit beat your ass. Anyways, so... Um, but the, the, the blasé way in which they say, like, got him. Oh, yeah, you got another bogey. It's like... These are human lives, and yeah. this is what this actually looks like when people are doing this. So that was really disturbing. So that I, it's that, that, that they have that theme in Modern Warfare. Huh. It, did, uh, it makes you think. That's well, the cool thing about that game. I, I guess one one reason that this the, the purpose that it serves plot wise is that they pin this terrorist act on the American infiltrator so that the whole of Russia gets upset enough that Russia invades America. Mm -hmm. And then you see that from the trailer. Yeah, you and see so, that. So then all of a sudden you're fucking playing Red Dawn and it's like Wolverine. And you're enjoying that portion uh, again? Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to be in like a, an American suburb, you know, fighting against the, the Russians they've, who are perishing. They've talked about the launch of this game as the biggest entertainment launch ever. And did huge. I mean, numbers. this thing is huge. Oh, but what was the what were the sales numbers? I don't on know. The first, it was don't fucking retarded. But it's obvious you guys. A lot of you are playing this game. Uh, Nar says it's enjoyable. Of course, we got to talk about that stuff. The controversial aspects of it. 
But you know what? We only have an hour on this show, so we're running out of it. Uh, real quick, I just want to let you guys know, you guys can watch NAR right now every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on the Science of the Movies on Discovery Science Channel. Just look at your cable provider, see what channel it is, and tune in at 8 o'clock. If you guys live overseas, go on the Geekscape forums, talk to each other, tell each other like where this is. I know we got a lot of Canadian viewers. A lot of viewers. cool stuff coming up, I know too. We have a lot Industrial of British people. Light and Magic, Skywalker Ranch. South Park Studios, I interviewed Trey oh, Parker. Get, no, yeah. really? Yeah, I met One the, of my heroes. Yeah, it's fucking great. So a lot of cool shit you're going to see. Oh, i got to watch episodes. that episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so guys, that is that is um, Science of the Movies. Uh, also, we've got Heads Up. If you go to CraveOnline.com, you guys can find Heads Up. Nara and I work on that show. We enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, also, find us on Facebook. Go search for Geekscape and look for us. Uh, become our fan and talk to other Geekscapists. You can always find us at geekscape.net, especially on the forums. That's where we like to talk, hang out with each other. And, of course, you're putting new articles up on geekscape.net slash features, which is always fun to read. Uh, we got t-shirts for $10. We're giving them away practically now. We're almost out. When, when, when they're almost, you know, we're going to get new merch. I just have to get my act together. So come out, support us. We're working away for you guys. Uh, you guys know the guys who did the theme song Punchline? Uh, John Bellin from Punchline, uh, he has, he, he, he's now dedicated himself to a new band called Gene the Werewolf, and they've given us a music video to play at the end of this episode, and I wanted to help him out because I love the theme song for the Geekscape, and uh, John's a great guy, and I really like the sound. If you guys like sort of like a cock rocky uh, with some synth and uh, wailing guitars kind of music, um, you guys will enjoy this band. So here's the music video. It's Gene the Werewolf. Uh, I think it's a hilarious video. It's got explosions and a chase sequence. So here it is, and we'll see you guys next week in New York City. So thank you for joining us. Oh, Gilmore, I got you a gift. Oh my God, yeah, that is awesome. It's a chocolate backpack. Here you go. That's awesome. I almost forgot. Oh. We'll see you guys next week. Snorry, Lucy. How creepy is that?
water I've been sinking further down to the deep end Okay. No, I won't. It's my time. I'm okay with that. But, but you're banned. They need you. No. They need you now. Please. You were born for this moment. You're damn right I was. Das 